0: Randall, just Welcome to the SEO rant. I am your host Morty over you might know better as Wix have SEO branding, but I remind you, this podcast has absolutely nothing to do with that. This is pure unofficial Morty magic and Morty mania for official-ish Morty magic and eh, kind of Morty mania. Check out the service podcast over at wix.com slash SEO slash learn SEO rant working. You find it wherever you can find podcasts. So Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, or great mediocre and terrible podcasts are found. This podcast is also there. You can also find it at theseorant.com or at seorant on Twitter. When does it come out? I have no idea at this point. I do three podcasts. One of them comes out on Wednesday. One of them kind of comes out either on Tuesday or Thursday over at Edge of the Webs. I kind of release this one on Friday now and every week, eh, every week-ish. So it does make sense to subscribe wherever you consume your podcast so you're notified when this podcast comes out. I am so good at marketing, right? Like not having an actual schedule at this point. For your listening pleasure. Today we're talking to the former SEO over at DePalti. He's an SEO freelancing freelancer and consultant. He is Logan Bryant. Welcome.
1: Hi. Great to be How's here. How's it going? Great. Um yeah. Uh how do we start this thing?
0: <laughs> oh, how we start? Okay. So we're gonna talk about SEO testing. And now Logan's yes. gonna tell us about SEO testing. That's how we started here. We're so polished on
1: this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, SEO testing, it's, it's something that I got into. Um, I want to say about, I don't know, it's like, technically I got into it like long, long time ago, but I didn't really like lean into the, the niche of SEO testing until maybe three or four years ago. This is when I was working at Tapalty. Um, But before that, I'd been doing SEO testing. And it's one of those things where I kind of just slowly realized that like, almost everything that we're doing is a form of testing. And we don't always think of it as testing. Like anytime we're running something, implementing something, and then waiting a period of time, and then going back to see if that thing worked. um, It's kind of a form of experimentation, even if we would call it a looser form of experimentation. And so kind of just became this thing where I was like, you know what, like testing is just this ubiquitous thing that we're all doing. We're not necessarily recognizing it as testing. And, uh, and I think it's because like, we hear all these things about like, statistical significance, and you need to A, B test things. And like, you know, these, these CRO related topics get so become so rigid in our minds, that it kind of prevents us from thinking of our work in, as a form of experimentation. And so that's kind of something that I've I've started to adopt in my work recently.
0: So how do you go about doing that? Because there's so much that you can get into with SEO testing. So one is like statistical significance. You know, you have things like over at SEMrush, they have, um, oh my gosh, I should know. Brian Mosley, come on, Morty. What are they split um uh, split signal? Right, they, yeah. they do a lot of SEO testing over there. They'll test, like, if I change the word in the title tag, and I was like, yeah, who cares? I can do anything. But sometimes you see, like, statistically speaking, that it does. But you really have to have a, a statistical model to make sure you're tracking that correctly. But then, then you can do, uh, if you're programmatically building uh, content, that's a great way to get started with testing something. Because you can see, we have uh, 10,000 pages. On 5,000, I changed this. On the other 5,000, I left it. What happened? But when you're dealing with, like, you know, less... Um, statistically vol- voluminous amounts of, of of pages. Can you still test? How do you still test? Do you bother still testing? And then once, if you do get something back from the test, how heavily do you consider that as fact?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and I think once again, that's that's where I started to realize that it goes back to these these limitations we have, like hey, we have to have statistical significance just to consider it a valid test. And I would argue that, so there's there's this concept that um, uh, if you've heard of like frequentist versus Bayesian statistics, um, some people may have not, but like it, you know, in simple terms, like Bayesian statistics allows us to think of things in terms of uh, maybe not absolute. So like you can have, um, and I broke it down into my own little model of like, Some experiments that we run are going to be statistically significant. Some are going to be more um, directionally informative. Like, hey, we ran this test. We don't know. It's not conclusive evidence that like this title works better than that title. But but directionally, we have at least enough data in our minds to think it's, you know, maybe there's a a 70% chance or a 60% chance that it's probably better than the other one. And sometimes in these, uh, in these work environments where we have to move quickly and we don't always have the time to stop and invest a ton of resources into like really determining if something is statistically significant. Sometimes you have to make fast decisions and say, look, this is an experiment. I think it's directionally informative. Let's call it a win. Let's move on. We may be wrong, but uh, but we think there's probably a 60 or 70% chance that it's probably right. You know
0: I like that I think that's a great way to look at it I think sometimes you get really stuck on well how do we know for sure sometimes you it's even if you had the amount of data that you would need to you you don't always know for sure and I I think that's part of a, a the job of a good search market or a good SEO is to say I have an intuition I understand like this is the ecosystem that I'm that I'm in now this is where Google is going this is what I see happening on the serp now I have this as a third reference point. This is probably the truth. I need to go with it until I see something different. Like, I, I, I think sometimes we get lost and you you have to have absolute knowledge. And in life, when do you generally have absolute knowledge? Usually you're making an intuitive decision based upon um, micro factors that you're kind of aggregating together in order to make a decision. If you have the situation where you actually have a decent amount of data, then even better. Like, because now you're making an intuitive decision with some data. And mm-hmm. I think in in the real world, which is a little bit messy, that's sometimes the best you get.
1: Yep. That's exactly, that's, that's exactly how I think of it. And that's, that's why I kind of like, I I would like for people to sort of just think if you start thinking of yourself as an experimenter, then you start to see all of these different things that you're doing as experiments. And there's so many things we do in marketing with almost no data at all. It's like, let's invest in, in a, a, a big link building campaign just because it's best practice and just because our dogmatic view of link building tells us that's where we need to put our money, as opposed to saying, hey, what if we take this money and let's put let's invest in links for six months and let's see what comes out on the other end. And 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 some teams are doing that, but they're not necessarily thinking of it as an experiment when it's like that is an experiment. Like you're you're experimenting with your budget, you're experimenting with everything that you do, like if it's a project, even if it's up, whether it's updating a title tag or whether it's running a six-month link building campaign or whether it's doing a website migration. Everything we do, every project we do is an experiment of some kind if we're measuring it. And again, we don't always have the most perfect way to measure things, but let's, let's continue to sort of think about how we can get better at measuring and at least go into these projects with the mindset that this needs to be measured rather than the mindset of we're doing it for the sake of doing it.
0: Yeah, and it's a great point because when you start doing these things and and inevitably uh, most of the things you do as a, as a team or a company are going to be like, let's like, this is what we think is the best way to go about it. Like, let's see what happens. You generally don't know for sure what's going to happen. And when you're, as part of that construct, I, and I think we don't appreciate this enough, let's say you're going to run an SEO test. I want to I see if I change the title tag to this and, or I leave it like this, what's going to happen? The f- what made you even think to do that to begin with, right? That comes from the fact that you have an intuition, you have an understanding, you have an involvement in SEO, and you think that there's a possibility that if I change the title tag to this, I'm going to see a change. Meaning nothing lives in a vacuum. The reason why you even started to go in this direction, even why you the reason why you started this experiment to see something, is because you're building on previous knowledge, and and building on that previous knowledge is messy,
1: really, really yes, messy. It yes, it is absolutely. And and actually, I want to if if we can, I want to go back to your question about like how do you measure things if it's like like one title tag because that's like something that that uh, people ask about a lot too. Uh, I'll start by saying that in my, you know, messy, not perfect view of what makes a title tag worth testing. First of all, uh, it's fairly obvious that there's some sort of a direct connection to the algorithm in terms of like, hey, if the keyword's in the title tag, or if it's, you know, if, if this search intent is hit on in the proper way, we're gonna do better versus if it's not in the title tag at all. So there's some sort of algorithmic connection that's pretty much well known at this point, but also there's a click-through rate value to uh optimizing the title tag. And that click-through rate value, if we are to believe Rand Fiskin's infamous like click-through rate study, nice. uh most likely has also feeds back into the the positions, right? So like if we can make a, a title both more relevant from a search intent, and keyword perspective. And if we can make it more clickable, both of those should, in theory, increase our rankings. And the the thing about rankings is you can't look at rankings as from a statistically significant point of view. So what I've found, because I've done a lot more of these individual title tag experiments where I'm not doing a split test. I'm not doing necessarily doing, and I've done a couple of split tests as well, um, but I'm not, I'm actually doing more of these one-offs. Right. And what's interesting is when you're doing these one-off experiments, you do have to go on a search console more often and sort of like really drill down yeah. and look at what's happening. And when you see, I'm going to try to do this on the screen, but it's like, when you see, like you ever see like a, a page and it's like kind of volatile, it's like going up and down yeah, like yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. the positions. Right. Cause yep. it, we know the volatility there, but what's interesting is every once in a while you'll do a title experiment you'll see this volatility. Let's say that it's hovering between, you know, positions 30 and 20. So somewhere page two or three, and then you do it, you, if you do one of these tile experiments and if it's a good one, you'll sometimes within a few days, even, and I've even had it within 48 hours where the ranking just goes up. Maybe it goes to position eight, let's say from, instead of volatile between 20 and 30, it goes to position eight. And then it's sort of like that volatility kind of, you know, yeah. decreases quite a bit. And you're like, that. there's no way that I could put that in terms of a statistically significant report. No, but you
0: saw it. I've that... seen that a million times. I, I was running yeah. a post for like the Wix SEO hub and it's about um, um analyzing one of the core updates, like the May 2022, I don't remember, core update. And I totally forgot, like, wait a second, like I didn't optimize the title tag. It was automatically pulled in the H1. I'm like, oh, snap, how did I miss that? Let me go and change the title tag. Mm-hmm. And, and and within a week, the post jumped up to page one.
1: Yeah, and sometimes
0: exactly. you'll see like it'll jump up to like three, and then it'll it'll go back down to five, then stabilize at five. Like there, sometimes yeah. it's not like a perfect like up, but like totally. it it's clearly because they changed the title tag.
1: Yeah, exactly. And can I say that was a statistically significant result? Absolutely no, not you can't say that we got statistically significant clicks to a ninety-five percent p-value or whatever, but you can say, "Look, that is a pretty directionally solid experiment that I'm pretty sure worked, and it probably like I, there's, it's really hard to refute the 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 connection there between what I did and what happened in the search."
0: Yeah, like, like, correlation doesn't equal causation. That's true, but like doesn't mean like you turn your brain off either.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, again, you're taking all these signals that make sense to you. Like, OK, the title tag is technically a ranking factor. The title tag was really poorly optimized before the title tag. um, It, it, it helps Google really understand the pay, whatever. And then you see the fact that you change the tag and it all like it all makes sense. Not like, oh, I changed a title tag to like wingdings and then the mm-hmm. rankings went up like that would make no sense. OK, that would be something that's bizarre. I don't think it's into the title tag, you change it to wingdings. That's probably not connected. But if you're doing something that already fits what you know is the narrative, then why would you say it's not?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And also featured snippets. That's another interesting one because, like, uh, this is like a perfect example of why I think we're doing these things that are tests and not necessarily thinking of them as tests. Like, we, we hear all the time about featured snippet optimization. How do I optimize for featured snippets? And the interesting thing about optimization, the word is like the word itself implies that we know that the thing is going to be successful. Like we've optimized it. If you change a featured snippet and it's not successful, how do you know you've optimized it? Right. right. So if you think of it as an experiment, like what if it's featured snippet testing or featured snippet experimentation, that's, that's what we did at Tipalti. The We we install we instilled a, a spirit of testing program and a whole process. And actually, I don't want to necessarily plug if you don't want me to plug. But oh, no, no, plug away, plug away. It is it is free. Like on my website, you can get a free sort of uh, dashboard that lets you scale the way that we scaled, and it worked really well, especially for title testing and. What we would call featured snippet testing. We didn't call it optimization because we didn't know if all of our featured snippet changes were going to work. So we measured all of those title tags and all of those featured snippet tests to see the. And then featured snippets a little bit different. That is much, uh, much more of a um, like a boolean outcome. We either got the featured snippet or we didn't. Right. Um, you there's no like, Hey, did it go up in positions? Um, <laughs> there, there actually kind of is, believe it or not. There's like, I mean, look, you could say it went up in position
0: it and didn't get the featured snippet. Like that would well, still be a win.
1: And also you can see which featured snippets are like third or fourth or fifth in Google's choice. They never yeah. actually, it never actually appears unless it's number one, but, um, but you're
0: going to see how much they really like you. Cause you could be in the featured snippet for a day and you can be in there for a month. Before Mm -hmm. Google swaps out the URL. So, it's also another thing to test.
1: But well, and it's also kind of uh, means that you need to continue testing. Because when you see those featured snippets drop out again, might be time to retest.
0: If I could zoom out to what you're saying, I think it's a really good point as a whole. When you're, when you decide on an SEO strategy and then you see it either worked or didn't work, that is testing. That is seeing like, how did the algorithm respond to what I did? Mm-hmm. And either replicating it because it worked, or trying something different because it didn't work. We actually interviewed John Mueller on um, on the Search Up podcast, and he basically said like SEO should test, like see if this works, see if that works, see if this works. And he didn't say it's not testing because it, because he didn't have a uh, statistical model of a you know x number of, of pages and keywords that you were looking at. No, it's, he called it testing because that is testing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the the beautiful part about it is that like, you're getting this dual benefit of your if you're doing good tests and sort of learning from past tests and things like that, those past learnings start to compound. So you can create better tests in the future. And so you get this dual benefit of like your tests become better over time, which means your performance becomes better. Your investments, especially if you're the type of uh, you know SEO who's a, who actually has a budget and has to make decisions on like, should I put this budget into links or should I put it into content or should I put it? Where should I put it? The, your, your ability to like what we would call make smart bets uh, just becomes more refined and you make smarter and smarter bets. You get better and better optimizations. And you start the the dual benefit is that not only does your performance increase but you also learn way more about what Google is actually rewarding and what go. Google is not rewarding
0: yeah like it would be silly to take a look start try out certain things and be like well statistically speaking it's not a real test I'm not going to take away any lessons from this what a mm-hmm. waste how are we supposed to learn as an SEO unless you take a look and see what's happening and say okay you know what let me abstractly extrapolate from there. I got a theory. Let me let me go with that theory. Life is a theory. And with that, Logan, where can people find you?
1: Uh, my my website's probably the best place. I, I blog on there sometimes. It's just loganbryant.com. Um, I'm on probably LinkedIn more often than Twitter, but I'm also on Twitter. So I think my Twitter handle is at logan's notions. My LinkedIn is just uh, Logan Bryant. Probably pretty easy to find on there not very many of us. So um I would say LinkedIn, my website, and, uh, and Twitter.
0: And we'll link to all of those
1: in the show notes. Logan, thank you so
0: much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's a great lesson for everyone. Just because you don't have a huge amount of pages to test doesn't mean you can't be involved in SEO testing.
1: Totally. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. And to the audience, where can you find the SEO Rant podcast? You already found it, but in case you trying to find it again. You're listening in your friend's car. Where do I find this great show? At the SEO Rant. Um, on Twitter um, TheSEURent.com Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud Blueberry, Amazon, whatever All the other podcast platforms You know what they are, if you don't know what they are, Google What are the podcast platforms, and we are there Dear audience, thank you for tuning in And until next time, toodle.